Tonight we are going to finish this chapter on diabetes and we're on unit six, chapter three. There's only one chapter left after this, which is probably all of our favorite emotions. <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and avoid that one as long as possible. So no, <laughs> well, I'm going to avoid it. So. So if you're looking in your book, we are on page 263 and jumping in right where we left off, we were talking about gestational diabetes. Um, there's lots of, I, I would say that there's kind of some, I don't know if controversy is the right word or um, varying experiences or off-label experiences, off-book experiences, you know, so with gestational diabetes, um, you need to be your own advocate if you are pregnant and they're like, oh, you're at risk for gestation. Like you need to be your own advocate and know yourself and be responsible for yourself. And like, as a side note, I will say, I've never taken the, um, the syrup test thing. I've never done that. Um, I have no desire to do that. I, <laughs> I don't need to drink a bottle of, what is it? Syrup. You don't have you check my blood sugar. So my midwives just, um, check my blood sugar kind of like normally just to see where I am like isn't you know so I if you um if you are pregnant and you are wondering if you have to take that test you don't you can totally decline it you'll probably need to sign a waiver that says I chose knowingly and willfully not to take this test and I'm not like suing my midwife for not giving me the test, but you totally have permission to not take that. Remember that you are the one who's hiring um, this medical professional and you are their employer, you're paying them and you get to call the shots on things. And I have um, declined every, <laughs> every test you can think of. I have not taken it. <laughs> um, every, I've never had exams. I like none of it. Um, during my pregnancy. So you can totally turn that down if you want to, but you do need, do need to just also go ahead and educate yourself and surround yourself with people who are also educating themselves. I think that's really important. So, you know, just <laughs> this group. Hello. <laughs> Hi guys. <laughs> so, um, diagnosing diabetes criteria for the diagnosis of type two diabetes, um, symptoms of diabetes plus casual plasma, glucose, or blood sugar, concentration greater than or equal to 200 milligrams indicate diabetes. Casual is defined as any time of day without regard to time since last meal. So just like always, always a problem. Um, as a humorous side note, I don't think I told this story on the podcast, but um, my great aunt and my grandma have like, well, they've both since got onto their reward, but they had such a funny sense of humor. They always said that humor was how they coped, you know, with life and everything. And my great aunt and they, they were all visiting at the house one time. And, and, um, my great aunt walks in from the kitchen and is just like blabbering. And instantly my great uncle and my grandma were like, oh my gosh, she needs to go to the hospital. So they took her to the hospital. And of course, you know, she was like in a sugar crash or whatever um, they call it. And <laughs> um, 
my grandma tells me how, you know, they, they gave her, what would they give her Sabrina? Like an insulin shot? What is it that they would give her? I don't know what, but they gave her something to help her like immediately. She was going low. Yeah. She was like really low. They probably did glucagon. Okay. So they gave her that. Yes. Just so she was, you know, (laughs) not going to die. And, um, then I was just sitting there waiting. My grandma tells how, you know, she sat there and she, she was like, so uh, on this heart monitor thing, what does it mean if it's flat, you know, like trying to tease my aunt. And then, um, my, my grandma says the doctor comes in and sits down to talk to my aunt. He goes, so how long have you had diabetes? And she goes, Oh, about 30 minutes. <laughs> so they always had a funny sense of humor. And I always think of that, uh, incident whenever this comes up. Um, so fasting plasma glucose, this is the criteria for diagnosis of type two. Um, it can also be your fasting plasma glucose is greater than or equal to 126 milligrams that indicates diabetes and fasting means no food has been consumed for a minimum of eight hours. So like you might, might wake up in the morning, um, with a high, um, high uh, plasma glucose and then two hour plasma glucose greater than or equal to 200 milligrams during an oral glucose tolerance test. This also indicates, um, diabetes symptoms can include unusual thirst. So we should all be hydrating because we don't know if we have unusual thirst, (laughs) right? Like we have no idea. We don't even know what that means. Um, frequent desire to urinate. Oh, if you're hydrating, by the way, don't be, don't stress out. (laughs) This will happen. Okay. What it means is, it's almost like, you know, when you watch like a movie and somebody has just come out of the desert, you know, like they've been lost or oh, they've been like, start, you know, they haven't had any water and then, and they're like desperate. That is what diabetics experience all a lot. Like they will be like desperately trying to get drinks and drinking and drinking and drinking and drinking. Like it's way more than like people who are just hydrating really well. <laughs> um, it is like why is that what causes that crazy i don't know but i have a suspicion that it's the body's way of trying to flush out the ketones yeah didn't we see that earlier they said the thirst is your body's trying to um like dilute the numbers or something like that right so one thing that they do is you can test with these little strips these little like urine strips um Mm -hmm. there'll be like a, a little dot a little like square and you dip it in there and then there's like on the side of the, <clears throat> the little tube that they come in, or sometimes I'll have like a little piece, piece of paper or a card that goes with it that has like these colors, right? right? You dip it in there and you can see how, what the level of ketones are in the urine, which is yeah. basically like sugar in the urine. <clears throat> and you can also do it by a blood test. There are like just same thing as you would do to like test. They have a whole other like strips and test units just for testing ketone levels. Um, but it is, I'm confused by it. Like I find that the urine thing is so much easier to do, um, because the yeah. numbers are different on that, yeah. like it's a whole different like unit thing, but just looking at the color of it looks so much easier to me. Um, but the, that will like actually a while ago we had an issue with Caden. Um, and, and the thing is too, when the ketones get too much, then they use struggle to get them to drink. Um, Really? at all which is really interesting yeah. when it gets overwhelmed and so I'm like like here drink more drink more drink more and then of course like they're not they're not wanting to pee so then it's not 
like coming out, whatever. So we actually had like a really scary couple days, um, not last summer, but the summer before that. And I was just like constantly, they really get really tired. They just want to sleep um, a lot. And so I'm just like pushing, pushing the water, pushing it, like drink some more, drink some more, drink some more. And um, you just like, you can buy, it's like maybe $10 for like a tube of like a hundred of those little like urine test things. Um, and so I'm just like, hey, go, can you go in that cup for me again? Can you go be yeah. in that cup for me? And I'm con- and like checking it, but like if you really get the water. So I think that the body is trying to proactively flush that stuff out before it gets so bad that the body won't be able to do it anymore, or that, 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 or that they lose that desire to. I don't know why. Um, once it gets so much that they just don't want to, but that is that's been our experience. Is that he he will not like he won't drink. He won't be going to the bathroom. But like on a regular basis, he is drinking all day long. Like like a lot. Wait, like he he drinks way more water than me. Um, and he's running to the bathroom all the time, which is another thing. And I think that we talked about this last week was the urgency to 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 urinate a lot. Um, like he'll just be like sitting there and all of a sudden he just jumps up and runs and like I've listened and I'm I'm like the amount of stream that he's got going on in there is like as if I was like in the car on a road trip holding it while we couldn't find a place to go and like I like like I really have to like to go with that but he does that he'll do like every hour (laughs) and I'm like what but he is also drinking a lot so I do think about that like when I'm hydrating well I am running to the bathroom a lot but it just seems much more um but yeah they have that like suddenly I have to go right now kind of feelings which mm-hmm. I gotta be honest like I feel for people who are dealing with that because that would just I'm already annoyed enough when I'm drinking lots of water I know. <laughs> or when you're pregnant and can I just say that years down the road the favorite our favorite part of the zoom call will be Seamus trying to put that sweater on <laughs> behind Colleen that will be like our favorite part it was so cute um, that's so interesting and really good insight. Um, I, I like getting the real world, like this is how it looks in real life, you know, not just the percents and stats. And uh, yeah, that's really fascinating. And of course, you know, urine is such a good indicator of so many things. And that's, you know, also why we see our kidneys and our livers and everything being so impacted by the same things that affect diabetes and all of that. So, so diabetes and carbohydrates hydrates. Blood sugar levels are affected by the dietary intake of carbohydrates and fiber. Obvious. So we've all probably read wheat belly or, you know, books like that, where they're talking about, you know, taking your, you know, your, your blood sugar after you eat a piece of bread and all these terrible things that I don't want to hear. <laughs> but uh, yes, it definitely affects your blood sugar. Um, What's your question? Okay. I got a parrot on my shoulder. So um, simple carbohydrates are sugars that are quickly absorbed by the body for energy. We did go over this in an earlier chapter. The natural simple sugars in fruit and vegetables are accompanied in foods by a wide range of nutrients that aid, wait a moment, in the utilization of sugars. But when we take carbohydrates such as white sugar, our version that are refined out of their original food. They're stripped of all the nutrients. So there's nothing positive coming along with it. 
And then when the high sugar foods are eaten alone, our blood sugar level rises quickly. Stop, Jacob. Leave it alone. Um, so currently more than one half of the carbohydrates being consumed are in the form of sugars added to processed foods as sweetening agents. They can come under these names. This is not a complete list. This is just a few sucrose, glucose, maltose, lactose, fructose, corn syrup, or this is a really popular one in Costco products. I've noticed white grape concentrate. It must be cheap. I don't know. Um, and then you can say no cane sugar. <laughs> uh, look for the O's. <laughs> the savvier consumers get, the smarter the marketing and labeling executives are, and they rename, they relabel, they re-engineer things, they run them through different processes, they change the name. Just look up how many different names corn syrup has. Corn syrup does not just come on a label as corn syrup. Uh, it shows up as a ton of different, uh, things, uh, just to evade all those stupid moms doing their homework and not following the popular narrative and doing their own research and other things that you really should not be doing. You should not be doing your own research. Colleen said, if it rhymes with gross, avoid it. <laughs> That's so good. I've never heard that before. That's really good though. So true. It's an easy way to remember. If it rhymes and gross, it is gross. Okay. It is impossible to control blood sugar levels without medication while eating a constant source of high sugar foods. Are any of us surprised? I mean, are any of us surprised? <laughs> nowhere in the history of mankind and nowhere in nature has there ever been any mammal that just has this much access to... Um, like literally bags of sugar. I just ordered a bag of sugar from Azure. And before you ride me out of town on a rail, it's for making kombucha. <laughs> it is one of the best carbohydrate sources for the bacteria. What? Oh, nice. Um, so you don't actually drink the sugar in the end product, but you still want to get a nice high quality sugar. So there's no chemical residue, but, um, so to absorb sugar, our pancreas has to release insulin. The more sugar that is flowing through our system, the more insulin is needed for our cells to absorb it. Cells throughout our body respond to insulin by absorbing the sugar and causing the bloodstream to drop in sugar levels, which causes the pancreas to taper off the production of insulin. The lower the blood sugar, the less insulin needed to be produced. The less insulin produced by the body, the less energy and enzymes needed for metabolism and work of all body organs. This equals a longer lifespan for the body. So just relieve the workload, you know? Um, what is the, there was a saying on one of these cards that I really liked. I've thought of it a number of times. One of the ones we read the other day when we took off a bunch at once. Do you guys remember that like two weeks ago? I don't see it. I thought I saved it, but Adelaide might have taken it down to play with it. But it was something like, like, I love my body and I make healthy choices for it or something along those lines. And I just thought that's so nice and positive. We always get told, you know, punish, punish, self-flagellate, don't eat the fun things, uh, you know, but um, also what if we just made those choices out of love, so you know, we're on the second, on the second today. So it's Tuesday. 
Yep, it is. Um, and the quote for today, by the way, is the past is over and done and only good lies before me now. Okay, because you're listening. All right, so fruit and fructose. Where, where are you? Where are you? Right here. Okay, go play. Jacob, this is your chance. This is your chance to play, of which you've been asking all day to do. Yeah, I know that too. To drag him out of the garage because he was like, I stay where the pups stay today. And I was like, You need to come with us. I can't just leave you here. <laughs> He's like, I don't want to go. I was like, I know, but you need to come. <laughs> okay. So, um, in extreme cases where blood sugar levels remain over 200 milligrams, even with medication, fruits and fructose from raw fruits should be avoided until the blood sugar levels are controlled. Recent research has revealed that fructose from certain raw fruits, such as green apples, berries, avocados, grapefruit, lemons, and limes do not cause a rapid rise in blood sugar level for other diabetics who don't have this super high spiked situation. So when fed to non-insulin dependent diabetics over four weeks, fructose has been shown to enhance sensitivity to insulin by 34%. So by changing where you do get that, you know, you do need some sweet in your life. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. No, but you do need some sorts of sweetness. Like it's good for our body. And um, so where you choose to get them from. Yes. Need healing. Oh, she did heal. That's very good. Uh, so where you get it from, you know, and like you're not saying that raspberries fructose is the same as, um, you know, high C fruit drink, raspberry flavored, or like a bag of sugar or whatever. Like there's different ways to get our sugar sources, of course. So liver has to change fructose into glucose. So the blood sugar, blood level raises more slowly after the consumption of other simple sugars. Sucrose is not tolerated by most diabetics but moderate amounts of fructose from these raw fruits can be consumed without losing blood sugar control. The only exception is if you have pre-existing liver damage, in which case even the fructose should be avoided until a liver detox is done, which we covered <coughs> the liver detox, either just search liver and find it in an earlier podcast episode or find it on vimeo.com slash infused oilers. And you can watch the liver cleanse. A cross-line friend of mine is going to donate her kidney to her brother. They um, have been found to be a perfect match. So she was asking me, I want to give him the healthiest liver I can. They have some time before it happens. There's a number of months in the process. So she's starting with the colon cleanse and, um, you know, working towards the kidney cleanse. And I thought, boy, how motivating. I mean, wouldn't you be doing the cleanse like perfectly? You would not be straying at all. Cause you're like, I want to give him the healthiest kidney I can. Okay. Uh, consuming a serving of fruit 30 minutes before dinner may result in fewer calories being consumed. That's all I need to hear. <laughs> Give me an excuse. <laughs> consuming fruit between meals may help stabilize blood sugar. It may help with weight loss while consuming fewer calories. 
Regular fruit consumption offers a great source of natural health promoting nutrients that lead to significant protection from chronic degenerative diseases. Um, I know berries are a great source in general. Um, so we like to get a lot of berries from local farms during the winter and freeze them. And then they're like the best dessert. And then the other day I made angel food cake, which has 100% sugar in it. Just, you know, in case you're wondering, <laughs> if anyone knows a recipe that doesn't use sugar, it's probably disgusting. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, but we just took a bowl full of frozen raspberries and dumped it on the stove, like in a, in a pot, <laughs> put it in a pot on the stove and just cooked them until they're kind of like thick and yummy. And that was like a tart, sweet little topping to put on it. So warning, 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 not all fructose is the same. Don't just see fructose and be like, oh, that's the thing that helps with, uh, you know, eating 30 minutes before dinner. Fructose from raw fruit. Help me. You trying to put his wings on? Are you trying to take the wings off? Yeah. Okay. Um, fructose from raw fruit is present in the fruit with fiber that helps us to metabolize the fructose into glucose much more slowly. So uh, that that's a good thing. And, um, it's also why fruit juice is not the same. Like fruit juice just is like an IV shot of sugar basically, because there is no fiber with it to slow you down and, um, dried fruit. Also, you can, one reason why we end up getting a lot more sugar from dried fruit, um, is because the pieces are so small, you can eat 40 apples in the span of time it take you to eat one apple. And you're like, Oh, wait a minute. How many apples did I just eat? Uh, Sabrina said in a pot, the thing that led to the current way recipes being super detailed. Someone was like, yeah, just pour directly on the stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man. Don't even get me started on why I love old cookbooks where an entire recipe is like five lines, you know, and they're like, first make gravy, <laughs> then roast your chicken. <laughs> Like the, dinner. <laughs> like the ingredients, right? The yeah. ingredients you now is like the full side of whatever you're buying. Oh, step-by-step step photographs because you've never actually seen somebody need bread. So you need to see what they mean. Yeah. My, my grandma back, like when she was raising her kids in, they lived in Falls city, South Dakota. And she was like, they called her the Betty Crocker of Fall City um, <laughs> in our church or in the church because she did all the cooking, all the, all the from scratch stuff. And one of the ladies, she kept trying to do cooking. And I've heard stories of this lady cooking my whole life. I don't never met this woman, no idea, but I know, I feel like I know her. And um, I don't remember what it was that she was making, but it called for um, like half a cup of coffee in it. And do you, she put coffee grounds in this. And so it was. So, it, I was like, wait, wait a minute. She made a cherry pie, and her husband was so excited until I took a bite, and she didn't know you had to pit them. <laughs> um, in France, they don't pit them. She really just been like, this is the French way. French. It's super fancy, you know. But uh, why? Who wants to eat a pie full of 
Yeah, so I mean, there's so many stories about this lady and her cooking, and I just think about that. And and she, and in my mind, she's like the definition of like why they made it so detailed like this. But I think really the reason they made it detailed like that is because people were not teaching it anymore. Like you weren't like yeah, there was no. Uh, my mother and my grandmother aren't here in the in the kitchen teaching you my whole <laughs> life how to do this. So yeah. I just don't know what that means because cookbooks originally were like. We are assuming you have so much basics already. You either, you either live upstairs and literally have, don't even know how to turn on water because it is, it was different in those days, right? You either live upstairs and you don't even know how to like make tea or you grew up, you know, peasant, whatever. Yep. <laughs> 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 Mad to work, <laughs> cook your own food. Yeah, it's so true. That's what, I, what a tangent. Okay. <laughs> Well, um, when I write recipes, I, I notice that I tend to do that. I skip a lot of detail and I either get a lot of questions or I just like cross my fingers and hope for the best. And then I write down recipes that I want to like do in the kitchen all the time. Like I'll be like, oh, I see this thing. I'll like, but I write the most minimal thing yeah. for myself. Like that but idea I, of putting it in the zucchini was genius i don't need you to i don't need any more exactly and I I, honestly i won't even read most of the recipes i'll just i'll just see a picture yeah. and be like oh like the or you'll say, meatloaf recipe well, i was talking about I'll say like like the title will have like some of the like the, the name of it will have like ingredients and i'm like oh my god i didn't think to put those things together and then it's just like i don't even care about the recipes because i already right. I already have it figured I out. I already know what you're, I and, know where you're going with this. Yeah, exactly. And uh, when I write stuff, well, not even just for like food recipes, but like um, I'm like, here's the most simple thing: how you put the herb in the oil and then you let it sit. And right, right. People ask me all these questions, and I'm like, I really clearly wasn't very clear when I put. I felt like I was being extremely clear. And it's really you simple. It on but the nope. stove. <laughs> but but nope, it wasn't clear enough because I've got a lot of questions I have to clarify. Or, okay, yes. you remember my oatmeal thing where I, I poured out, like, I, I, it was not cooked. I just poured off the sections, put the spices that we wanted, them, and then, like, on the day, we would just pour water into them. They're pre, pre-sectioned little oatmeals. Um, and I yes. think that was And do you know how many people I got messages from and comments about because they were like, what's the exact recipe for this? And I'm like... I just poured some oatmeal in a cup. <laughs> yeah. Like it was what we had. And well, I even think that I even used the amounts of stuff in my post. So I, I don't know, but I just think it's interesting because like, to me, it was so self-explanatory. Like literally the picture was explanatory. I was like, ah, little oatmeal section off in the, in the cups. We're good. Yeah. But no, nope. <laughs> I think it, uh, that was genius, by the way. I think that's like one of your first posts I ever saw. And I was like, who is this girl? Like what? And where has she been? Well, so say Colleen Bright brings something over that I really like. Then I tend to not say, what's the recipe? I say like, what did you put in this? Or how did you make this? Because if Colleen brings over a hummus that I love, I know how to make hummus. I just want to know what she did that made it so perfect. And I want that you know and so she'll be like oh i took an entire jar of amy's pickled jalapenos and blended it in and then i'm like yeah thank you i'm doing that next time <laughs> you know what i mean 
And the people will say to me, oh, well, I don't really have a recipe. And I'm like, I don't want your recipe. I just want to know, like, what were the ingredients? Because this is the bomb. Oh, I need to figure out how Amanda Colo makes that almond dip. I could literally eat that almond dip that she makes. She left a bowl of it here once after an event. She's like, I know you love this, so I'll leave it here. I, I hid it from the entire family and ate that entire thing myself. So we need to ask her because I, I yeah. need to know. <laughs> oh, you th- you're like, what am I eating? Is this like hummus? No. Is this like a cheese? No, I don't know what this is. Whatever it is, so good. And she's like, oh, it's like almonds. Whoop, so easy. I'm like, I just need to know. It's so good. I, I don't know how to describe it. And when I saw it, she's like, I usually don't bring it to parties because it looks horrible. And I was like, well, you came to this party where we- You know what? I feel like <laughs> recipes, like there are times where I'm like, oh, this is, I love this recipe. It's so good. And I make it and then I go to take a picture. I'm like, you know, this is really very appetizing looking, but it's so good. I don't real. I don't remember that it doesn't look pretty because- right. I remember how well, good like, it is to eat. <laughs> the majority of of Thanksgiving dinner plates, you're like brown with brown and brown. That looks disgusting. There's like stuff slopping and oozing everywhere. But you're like, sit down to it. You're just ready to go to carb heaven. You're like, yeah, I've waited all year for this. I'm so ready. Okay, I picked my face up out of this gravy. Yeah, this is a nutrition class in case anyone missed that. I was just laughing. But I was like, oh, the word with a stereotype you call. <laughs> it's also why I don't share anything on Instagram lately because it's all like soup or just like brown. I'm just like, it tastes amazing. Like I had soup and I'm like, this is the most amazing thing ever, but it just doesn't look appetizing. Hey, do what I told Angie to do about the eggs. Do one post at the end of the week with like a bunch of them and just be like, we had all these great things this week and they were great. I can't remember that much. You I know, right? <laughs> when did you say to do that? Because that's really I smart. said to do that with the egg cartons. You were like, I should stop drawing on them. Oh, yeah, because like, no. I love drawing on them. Keep drawing and then just do a comp. Like, here were all my egg cartons this week that I had fun with because. Which one did you get? Yeah. Oh. Also, what is the almond dip that Amanda does? Is it like a creamy type of almond dip? I don't know if I would say creamy. I don't think there's any dairy product in it. Well, like we got this almond from Costco and it's cashew and almond and it's almost like hummus, but not. Mm-hmm. And it's so good. That but like, amazing. I have the, I have the I ingredients. So I'm going to try recreating it. Yeah, totally recreate it. Hers wouldn't have cashew because her son's allergic yeah. to that. So I don't know how she gets the creaminess. Um, well, no, it's not creaminess. I don't know how she gets the, I guess it's, I think she just blends, but I don't know what she blends it with. I almost want to say, like, this is going to sound really disgusting. I almost want to say it's like blended, like dried tomatoes and almonds. You know, and that sounds hideous and it looks worse, but it's so good. <laughs> well, it's, it's probably an almond butter and then she emulsifies it with oil to give it like that very, thicker. It's very chunky. I don't, I mean, it's not smooth. It's not smooth. It's- so I don't know. I really don't know. Like I'm saying, when I saw it, I didn't, and I ate it and I didn't even recognize it was almonds. I'll, I mean, I also just am like dumb sometimes. So, you know, it could be somebody else would be like, how did you not know this is almonds? But anyways, um, where were we? Oh yeah. Fructose is all fructoses are not equals. So, um, it causes blood, uh, fructose from corn 
which is not a vegetable in case anyone's still wondering about that, is metabolized differently by the body because corn is a starch. It causes blood sugar levels to raise much more quickly than the fructose from raw fruit. help me. Yes. Good girl. Oh, my arms are up. Oh, hold on. Uh, high fructose corn syrup is not natural. <laughs> what? It is made chemically from corn. Its molecular structure is altered during processing, which causes blood sugar levels to spike when consumed. It should be completely avoided by diabetics and by those who are not diabetic, which equals everyone. <laughs> um, I think high fructose corn syrup is probably the first thing that I could say exclusively across the board that we eliminated from our diet completely. Um, dyes were probably either at the same time or came very close behind. Um, never do dyes come into our gut unless maybe if somebody gives a kid something that I wasn't aware of, um, like a candy or something that has dye in it. But people are usually really good about not giving kids food unless their parents know. It helps that everybody's kids are allergic from, never mind. But, <laughs> um, but, um, and corn syrup is actually really easy to eliminate, I will say, because I'm not saying corn, but corn syrup, um, because even if you're like, I want to eliminate corn syrup, I'm not saying I want to get rid of sugar. I'm not saying I want to be a crazy wacko healthy person. So then you could literally just replace corn syrup with basically other forms of sugar. Um, so, you know, get like a natural soda, like what's that, that brand that they sell at Trader Joe's and Azure sells it too, like root beers in a glass bottle, you know, there's cane sugar and those and stuff like that, but there's no high fructose corn syrup. So if you're like, Hey, I need a bridge, I need a middle ground. Or Jacob asked me the other day, um, we had those on the 4th of July and he still remembers. He's like, do you remember on the 4th of July when we had those and they are brown and can we have those again on the next 4th of July? And I was like, sure, we can have some every year. Like, <laughs> So that's um it's an easy that's one. Thing. It should be the exception, not the not the right, thing right. that you live on, right? It should be a treat, your birthday, right. Christmas, like a treat, not like all the time. All the well, time. Well, and think about how actually um if you know when you can buy the cases of soda at Costco, I know because we used to buy them. That's how I know. So you can buy cases of canned soda at Costco. And, um, it's very cheap. It's like, you know, Costco pays you two bucks if you buy one, you know what I mean? Like it's so cheap. And if you buy a four pack of those root beers, it's like, you know, $8, right? Okay. That right there is going to slow your train. If you're trying to consume the same, unless you have like just so much money, you don't know what to do with it, which is awesome. You know? drink all the soda you want. But, um, that alone, people will say to me, well, that soda is really expensive. I can't. And I'm like, well, we probably spend a uh, 400th of what you spend on soda. And that's the only soda we drink. We just only drink it like twice in a year. Still the same price annually. Well, actually right. cheaper. Uh, cheaper. Yeah. And, and if not the same, then yeah, either the same or cheaper. And, and you're like, you know, that alone will 
control. So it's a way of bringing back some of the natural controls. So in nature, you run around and you're like, oh, a beehive, you know, so you take all the bee stings and you bring the honey home and you all suck on the honeycombs and, and enjoy it and put some of the honey on your bee stings and you're good to go. Right. Um, but you don't have it very often because it's kind of hard to get. That's your jungle equivalent of expensive. So now your root beer is so expensive that you just don't get it very often that provides that natural control of slowing you back down. So um, uh, the molecular, molecular structure is altered during processing, which causes blood sugar levels to spike when consumed. As we were saying, you can look online and just watch how high fructose corn syrup is made. It's kind of shocking. It, it's, it feels violent <laughs> to watch. You're like, what is happening? Um, and there is nothing remotely food-like remaining when it comes. And I have heard said before from all kinds of different like fitness gurus, health people uh, from all different, you know, um, priesthoods of diets, you know, um, say that when you lose weight, um, corn syrup is the last thing to basically leave. You know, what, what corn syrup brought in is one of the hardest things to get out. So that tells you how unnatural it is for your body, that your body is like, this is so dangerous. They just swallowed a blob of plastic. We better like try to hide this away. So, so I'm sure that I am still working through the corn syrup that I consumed rashly without care or concern for so many years, not even knowing what it was or that it was a thing. And thinking everybody was freaks and crazy weirdos for not wanting to eat it. So um, our glycemic index, this is really good for everybody to know. The glycemic index reveals the rise of blood glucose after eating a particular food. You actually can get a meter. They're not that expensive. I got one for Gary for Christmas, believe it or not, because we're like, this is so fun. Let's check our blood sugar. So, um, he, and, and what is funny also was how excited he was he's like, wow, this is awesome. He's like instantly checking his blood sugar. We're like, Ooh, check mine. Um, so anyways, so you can, um, check your blood sugar over the span of a day or after eating certain things. If you just want to get a, a feel, a baseline for how your blood sugar responds to things, or, you know, check it an hour after eating, you know, that famous piece of bread and see how you look. The standard value of 100 is based on the rise of blood sugar after ingesting glucose. The index ranges from 20 for fructose and barley to about 98 for a baked potato. Mm, that sounds delicious. <laughs> no wonder baked potatoes make me so happy. It's basically like I'm eating a packet of sugar mm, with sour cream on top. Yes, please. The insulin response to carbohydrate containing foods is similar to the rise in blood sugar. I'm a horrible nutrition teacher because I do love the bad things, but I will just tell you, like, I'm not judging anybody if you like them too. You know what I mean? Like I'm here. I'm, I'm in the same boat. Like I love sweet potatoes too, but let's face it. <laughs> white potatoes are just better. <laughs> They're just so like fluffy and like pure starch and there's no fiber at all. And nothing to contend with in the digestive tract. <laughs> no, actually we, we do pretty much just have the Ozette macas. Cause at least I'm like, then I get that like creamy, fluffy potato feel, but I know there's a lot of nutrients and you know, it's not bad, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Foods with a high glycemic, I'll be perfect one day. And then you guys can um, uh, <laughs> refer to me <laughs> about smart things. Don't please ever. Foods with a high glycemic value should be avoided by people with diabetes and hypoglycemia. Food high in bad fat, such as ice cream and sausage, 
also should be avoided because it has been proven to impair glucose tolerance. So yeah. Um, I think like Elaine said, one of the things that like, always thought I was, you know, the seven Enneagram seven, cause I can never say no to myself. Right. So, um, it's a good thing. I never was introduced to cocaine. That'd be bad, but, um, coffee's kind of the same thing for me. So that's fine. But I, I never tell myself I'll never eat a potato again because then I'm instantly like, Oh, potatoes are like, it's all I can think about, right? We talked about potatoes for so long tonight. And now we're all like, <laughs> that's a good nutrition class, but I'm going to make potato. Um, so what I do, like Elaine said, is I just, I really enjoy and savor on the special occasions. And I find that those just become fewer and far farther between without me feeling panicked and paranoid and food poverty mentality and all the other things that like beset me. And, um, then I'm able to enjoy them and, and there is no kind of guilt associated with them. However, there are th some things that I like, I'll get to the Ed daily level one day where I'm like, sugar is such a poison. I just can't even eat it. But right now that's some things are like that for me, like most packaged foods, high fructose corn syrup, food dyes, you know, preservatives, um, artificial sweeteners. Like there are things that are so poison that I perceive in my heart, my soul, my mind as such poison that I have no desire. There's not even like, Oh, I wish those weren't like, they're just like, I don't, I don't want to smoke a cigarette. I don't want, I don't really want to go bungee jumping necessarily. <laughs> you know, I don't want high fructose corn syrup. I don't want to blow my tire on the side of the freeway. Like there's things I just, I have no interest in doing. I just don't. <laughs> So one day I'll, I'll ascend to the level <laughs> where I feel that well, way. About. I found like when I quit, when I quit sugar and all that stuff, I think I'm still depleting high fructose. I will till the day I die. Yeah, I, I'm I sure we are. Candy corn growing up. And that is just all. Candy I, corn is like high fructose corn syrup with different it. colors of dye. all it is. And I ate probably, I don't know, 500 bags of that growing up. So whatever. <laughs> But, but I did find like in the beginning when I quit sugar, the addiction was real, like so bad. Yes, My body I agree. fought so hard for me to have it. It was worse than giving up smoking. If you can imagine, it was wow. way worse, like, wow. like 10 times worse. Like I would go to bed because I had so much like physical pain in my body because I wanted it so bad. It was horrible, wow. horrible, horrible. But I'll tell you, the more I got, the further I got away from it, yes. the more I didn't want it. And sometimes I would go back and like something would happen and there'd be like, I don't know, cheesecake, for example, right? Right. Or something. And I would have it because I'm not a poet. Like it's not, right. it's not like, oh, never going to. I would get it and I would physically become ill. I wouldn't want it anymore. And so the further I got away from it, the more I just don't even want it. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. Um, I, if, if somebody has never done a sugar detox and you want to do a sugar detox, I think it's fun to do it with somebody or don't like whichever one works for you. If you're like, I need to have somebody to like text with, yeah. we need like sugar rehabs. <laughs> you just go to sugar rehabs where there's like no sugar and feel like trying that to climb. horrible. I, I would literally go to bed at seven 30 at night. Cause I just, yeah. cause I, I was a night snacker. So like that was the hardest the habit for me. Yeah. Yeah. But it was the withdrawals from the sugar. It was so bad. Well, I would see, I did extended periods of fasting and 
I had never sugar detoxed before. So probably had some sugar like cravings going on at the same time. Although mostly I tended to just crave like protein, you know, but, um, I will say whole 30 was really helpful for me. That was the first time I literally completely just dropped sugar out of our life. Um, including the majority of the forms other than a few fruits. Um, the sugar cravings were really bad for me during that. I wanted ice cream. I dreamed about eating Girl Scout cookies. I'd wake up and be like, did I break whole 30? Oh no. It was just, you know, and you can Google whole 30 timeline just to see what is literally like a sugar detox timeline, just to see kind of how emotionally we, it, it is emotional. Cause it is a detox. Um, oh, I cried. I did is. whole 30. I've done whole 34 times. Like, and it, the recipes are awesome. I mean, they're so good, but the food still- is all good. There's nothing bad. It, you know, you're all like, yeah, yeah. I could eat this every day <laughs> until you don't. Yeah, have it's not just mental. It is physical and it's yeah. hard, but, but it's I found really every time it. I did whole 30 again, it was easier. And then we didn't reincorporate that much sugar in between because at, this is what I found, which is frustrating. But as soon as I was off whole 30, I'm like, woo, I can eat like a date now or whatever. I didn't want it. <laughs> and then I was oh, like, get away from it. it for tomorrow, you know? Um, and then I think all of that helped leading up to when I started gaps, then I didn't, I didn't really have any cravings at all. And I think it's because while I wasn't eating exclusively no sugar or anything like that, we had had so little sugar for so long and no white sugar at all being consumed other than what was fermented in the kombucha that I, I didn't even have like the fruit cravings that I did during whole 30. So I think, um, if you're like, well, I don't eat white sugar, but we do have berries, you know, I feel like that's a little different because coming off of that did not feel, um, yeah. So I, I'm back craving. fruit and not stuff. I won't eliminate fruit. I just won't. I mean, that's, I don't eat a whole, t- I don't sit and polish off, you know, a pound of berries or anything like that. <laughs> well, I won't eliminate fruit, but I, yeah. White sugar, none, like zero. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. None. Now we brought some white sugar back in making those angel food cakes. And I actually don't mind that at all because those are really fun. Um, but again, that's not something we're going to have every day (laughs) and the kids get so excited when they see it because they know that's a really big deal. When my kids bought me a birthday cake, I did not, not have. Oh, right. I did peel the frosting off and they're looking at me like I'm five kinds of crazy, but I can't eat it. It doesn't do anything to me. Cutting. Like it's awful. I think it was, um, mom, I think I was helping Karen with like, it must've been like a funeral or something. I don't remember what it was, but I was in the church kitchen and me and Karen were cutting cakes and you have to like Costco cakes. So you have to cut and then scrape your knife down like the stainless steel side of the counter. Colleen has worked in the kitchen. So she knows you cut and then scrape and cut and scrape. And I remember I was doing this and I was just like, like I was like, wow, there's so much frosting in. And I remember the line Karen used, I have never forgotten. And I think of it every time I see a frosted cake at the store. She goes, yes, there's enough frosting to gag a maggot. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's yeah. exactly. <laughs> and I know at their house when they, they, they'll make cakes, you know, for, for, um, you know, weekends and stuff pretty frequently, but I've never seen them frost a cake at their house. So and it's not because they're trying to do some righteous thing. It's just that they don't sugar, they don't have sugar all that much. And so the thought of putting frosting on it is 
much. Sugar and Crisco frosting. Right. Now, if you're buying your grass-fed butter and your organic vanilla and your organic sugar and everything to make this frosting, you're like, well, now the frosting's 40 bucks, you know? <laughs> so yeah, again, you're kind of monitored by, um, you know, money becoming the new nature. Okay. Let me tear through the, why is this chapter taking us so long? I don't know. It's because I keep stopping. Okay. Importance of fiber. Let me just rip off these last few pages. The water soluble fiber has the most beneficial effects on blood sugar. Water soluble fiber is able to slow down digestion, aid carbohydrate absorption, prevent rapid rises in blood sugar, increase insulin sensitivity of issues. Fiber prevents the excessive secretion of insulin and improves the uptake of glucose by the liver and other tissues, preventing a sustained blood sugar elevation. Mom, can you confirm for me the um, fiber in Ningxia? I believe there is both water soluble and whatever the other soluble fiber was. Mom's gonna be my fact checker for a minute. <laughs> um, vegetables, legumes, grains are excellent sources of complex carbohydrates. 50 grams uh, dietary fiber from plant foods per day is recommended to help diabetics. Um, Sabrina, do you guys do, do you, I mean, we eat beans all the time, so we're probably getting it without trying. Do you like look, monitor this or look at this? Or is that something that you guys like adjust for? Oh, thanks mom. She said she's going to check. We literally just say how many carbs are you eating right now? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, that's all that, honestly, that's all of the doctors taught us when we were doing was just how many carbs are you eating right for those carbs there you go now i think if you're just if you noticed all these things like don't eat this and do eat this if you're just generally eating a pretty healthy whole foods or even like mostly whole foods and natural foods like diet you're kind of like automatically getting all these things. Like you don't have to be like, have I had vegetables this year? Have I had legumes this year? You know, it's just happening. Um, all vegetables, uh, so good foods for diabetics. Vegetables should be raw or slightly steamed. Remember, fermented counts as raw, really easy to digest. Important for diabetics to make sure enzymes in their food are not denatured or destroyed. Fighting a disease over time may deplete the store of enzymes in the body. So it sounds to me, they've mentioned this enzyme depletion multiple times. It sounds to me like um, enzyme supplementation would be beneficial for all diabetics. So for kids, we have the mighty zymes and um, actually my kids take detox zymes sometimes too, because they're so small, so they don't mind. Adelaide bites them, it's horrifying, but um or you, there's different enzymes for adults. It's a whole bunch of different enzymes. And allerzyme is the most strong enzyme of all, I believe. Uh, Ed Daly said it's the most potent one we have. Fruits that are acceptable if blood sugar is below 200 milligrams includes green apples, berries, avocados, grapefruit, lemons, and limes, limited quantities. Other citrus fruits can be added once blood sugar levels drop. So you got to test your blood sugar to know which fruits can be added. Um, raw blue agave nectar, organic grade B maple syrup. These are good natural sugar substitutes. Low levels of insulin can prevent the accumulation of plaque in the arteries of the heart's leg and neck also believed to prevent some cases of Alzheimer's disease. So rather than carbohydrate snacking, which Elaine is probably what you were doing with your late night snacking, trying to keep your, your blood sugar, sugar levels are probably more erratic from getting more 
uh, simple carbohydrates all the time. So your blood sugar is dropping very quickly. So then you got to have a snack. I did notice when I was on gaps, like everybody says on whole 30, what can I snack on? What can I snack on? But I noticed on gaps, uh, probably the same on whole 30. Um, I don't really remember that there was no desire to snack in between meals. Like I was very full from my meal. My blood sugar levels did not plummet shortly after my meal or spike shortly after my meal. They stayed pretty level. And then I ate my next meal. You know what I mean? And I've noticed like those, that week when like we have an angel food cake or something, I start to get these, like, I kind of want a snack. And I'm like, why do I feel like I want to, we don't even have snacks in our house. Like we literally have, if you just walk in the kitchen, you want something right now, you better be ready to like fry an egg because there's no like in immediate food. Um, so I was like, why am I like wanting to snack on something? And I think it's because some, something the sugar was doing in my body was making me just Although I'm also eating my same meals as before, just also having that little sugar hit is making me want a snack. So I'm not sure entirely what that is, but um, it I will say on the gaps about the snacking thing, like right at first, I was like, because it was like the first few days, I was like, oh my gosh. And I was like, totally like having a few yeah. of those, the ghee and honey. Oh, don't, I overdosed on those so bad that I threw up. That's I, well, I was trying to be so good about it. And I did, I definitely had more than like one or two a day or whatever, but like whatever she said that they did on the book. But then I was like, <laughs> too lazy to make it again, <laughs> which, is, right? which is what saved me, which is what saved me. And then after a couple weeks, like my kids were like, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. And they were wanting to eat a lot, but I was like, I literally could eat one meal a day and I'm just, and I have to like force myself totally. to eat because I wasn't hungry. Totally, totally, <laughs> totally true. I wasn't trying to force, but I noticed that like, because everything was taking so long, we had so many people here and I was making everybody's breakfast, doing all the things, trying to kind of organize things. And then, um, this was in the summer when I first did it. And then, uh, by the time I got to making myself food, everybody was already back in the kitchen making their lunch. And it's like 11. I think I remember just noting that every time I ate, no matter hard, how hard I pushed, I was eating by like 11 or noon as my first meal. And I wasn't like panic starving by then, but then that's so late in the day. I often wasn't that hungry, um, for quite a while. I just, I literally, I would think about food and I would be like, Ugh, I just don't, I literally feel yeah. so full. I don't want to eat. And it would be that way all day. And I would be like, you know, I haven't eaten the whole day. I probably should eat something. So I would eat like a bowl of soup just to like. Yes, because I didn't want to be, you know, not take my pain medications type thing. And suddenly you're like over the edge. It's too much. Right. So I like ate that. And then like, but then like the next day I would be like, like, I would like the idea of eating just made me want to be sick. I didn't even want to eat because I, I felt so full and I thought that was really interesting how yeah. that shifted from being like I'm so hungry to just being like I don't want anything at all <laughs> mom and I both noticed that on the nutritional cleanse with young living and I will say everybody else I know who's done it has said the same thing they're like like you read the menu of what you're going to eat during the day on the nutritional cleanse and you think oh, I'm going to be so hungry but that balance complete levels your blood sugar for so long. And so does the ninja between the two of those, your blood sugar is level for so long. I never got to any of the snacks, not one time. And I never, ever got to the third meal. I never made it that far. 
I was only able to get at the most two meals in and mom had, I think mom said basically the same thing. Now, if I was doing a lot of physical labor, I'm sure I would have gone through them a lot, a lot more, but I was basically just home with three kids. So, um, I wasn't that like super active. Um, and if I was working out a lot or maybe even just being out here on the farm doing chores, maybe I would eat more, but anyways, at my most sedentary point of my life, which was right after Adelaide was born, I could not get through that many meals. Um, so rather than carbohydrate snacking to maintain proper insulin levels, this is for all of us. This is accurate for everyone. Protein rich snacks are preferred. Um, Sally Fallon says, you know, if you can do dairy, have a slice of raw cheddar. That's one of the best snacks you can have. Um, 58% of proteins can be converted to blood glucose by the body as needed without raising insulin levels. And then of course, fish, chicken, uh, raw cheese. Oh, well, I guess we just said that, um, nuts, that nut dip, um, Sabrina would probably be really good. I'll bet Caden would just devour that with some like carrots or something. Um, vegetables such as steamed peas, steamed carrots, allow the body to receive small amount of carbohydrates and stimulate it to use protein for muscle building. Low carb fruits such as raspberries, strawberries, blueberries, or green apples. Why is it always green apples? Why is it not like red apples? Anyways, also serve as small carbohydrate stimulants. I, I don't know that. I don't know. Um, other good protein sources are raw soaked nuts. Uh, the Gaps books has tons of recipes for like soaked crispy nuts, um, especially almonds, legumes, eggs, limited quantities of lean grass-fed meat. And the last thing we have is, is a list. Some other beneficial foods besides that, which those are beneficial foods for all of us. And this doesn't even have to say the word for diabetics on there. Like we should all be treating our body with that level of care. Um, unpasteurized apple cider vinegar, filtered water, organic teas, olive oil, coconut oil, low glycemic foods um, can be added with testing of blood sugar. Um, if you struggle with consuming apple cider vinegar, um, the uh, Good Girl Moonshine is super yummy. You can just search Good Girl Moonshine on Google or DuckDuckGo or whatever people are using these days. I don't even know Instagram and find the trim healthy mama recipe. It's super delicious. And I can, I can literally drink a quart of apple cider vinegar with that recipe. Probably don't actually want to drink that much uh, bad foods for diabetics slash all of us. I would say, um, sugar, especially refined white and corn fructose, all artificial sweeteners, artificial sweeteners are poison bananas and melons ah! until blood sugar levels are in a safe range without medication. You did say that, Serena, about the bananas. I remember you saying that specifically. All processed food, especially juices, dried fruits. Remember I said we end up with a lot more sugar that way. Meat that is grain-fed or corn-fed. <laughs> so grass-fed meat. Um, all breads and crackers. No, dairy, which is hard to digest. All corn. What? Really? Okay. All corn and corn products. Sodas. Coffee. Non-herbal teas alcohol. Sabrina, you're going to have to take the alcohol away from Caden. I'm sorry. Uh, peanut products, mushrooms, fermented soy products. Why mushrooms? What's up with that? Um, egg substitutes, margarine, partially hydrogenated oils, corn and peanut oil. I kind of want to do a food bingo now. <laughs> we need a food bingo night. <laughs> to celebrate the end of the nutrition class. <laughs> uh, what food is good for this organ? Um, discussion questions. Do you know anyone who has diabetes? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> we all do, I'm sure. Yes? Next. 
Sunday. Um, let's talk about it when I'm done, Jacob. Um, this is interesting. What are some scriptures you could pray over someone who has been diagnosed with diabetes? Was that something they mentioned and I missed it, or is it just are they just asking you generally? Because that'd be cool to know. Well, I guess we'll just have to discuss it. Um Oh, there's a lot of really cool questions on here, Sabrina, that you, um, and Katie, like this could be your homeschool only this, like just this, maybe learning all about, you know, yourself basically. Um, all right. That was the end of that chapter. Endocrine system power, raw vegetables, veggie linguine with fresh tomato sauce. They use the zucchini and the squash for noodles. They use a vegetable peeler to like zip, 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 make it into noodly things. And then olive oil, whole peeled tomatoes, basil, thyme, garlic. They make a sauce and um, blend it in a blender. They cook it, blend it in a blender and um, pour it over the veggie linguine. Wait, hold on. Did they cook it? Yeah, it's whole peeled tomatoes. So I guess it's already cooked, but they didn't heat it. They eat it cold. Weird. Okay. I guess you can eat it cold. I feel like I would cook it. <laughs> all right next chapter is jacob seriously next chapter is emotions what tropical vanilla ice cream shake is the recipe so please come back next week so you can get that and then final thoughts and whoa you guys if you don't have the book you're missing out on some recipes i just want to say that i can't find the info on the fiber of ninja anywhere Okay, I wonder if it's in one of the now what books. If you have, yeah. Elaine says, oh, it's a verse. If you have found honey, eat only enough for you lest you have your fill of it and vomit it. Oh, well, that's literally exactly what happened to me, Elaine. <laughs> so that actually worked in my favor on gaps because I ate so much of those honey coconut bombs Sabrina's talking about that I, I got super sick. I literally threw up like immediately after eating it and was not able to touch honey again for the rest of like gaps and no craving for it either. <laughs> I was like, wow, rather than, you know, maybe this should always be my solution, you know, rather than trying not to think about donuts all the time, I just need to go eat 40, get really sick. And then I never want them again. <laughs> like, would that work? <laughs> no, I've never eaten that one salad again in yeah, 20 years. <laughs> it's actually a Proverbs. I, was reading it wrong. There's like 15 references to diabetes in the Bible. Really? Yeah. So that's probably why she asked because there's so many references. How did you, what did you, you didn't look up diabetes. Like what did you look up? I did. I said bi biblical reference to diabetes. What? Yeah. Well, this is true though. I mean, you know, all the Proverbs have like 28 meanings, right? So that's so true though. You know, you can, um, what is the the uh, colloquial version of this verse is too much of a good thing, you know? Right. The rest of the saying, we just know it's right. a good thing. Now, what was the question you asked your mom to look up? Uh, the Ningxia, I remember mom and I did a class that talked about the types of fiber. And I, I believe there was two types of fiber in Ningxia. It was the water soluble and something else. Yes, I am a nutrition class host. <laughs> I remember learning this as a kid in uh, 
when mom was reading the Bible to us, what is the difference between leavened and unleavened bread? Literally can't think of Passover without thinking of that. Let's talk about it when I'm done. Can you go downstairs and put a small log on the fire? I already brought some in. Hurry before it goes out. Two small logs if you can fit them. Um, does anybody, while they're searching that, does anybody have any um, questions, thoughts, comments, funny memes, jokes? Oh, open Bible info topics, diabetes. Awesome. Look this up. Dun, dun, dun. Thank you, Elaine, for sending that. You're welcome. Ooh, I wonder if that book, that Wolfberry book, would have the information. Oh, yeah. I think that one is still in the box. Let's see if I have it up there. Yeah. I don't think I brought it in. The question was, what kinds of fiber does it have? Mm -hmm. These are good verses, Elaine. Right? Not bad. I like it. The only thing that I'm reading here is, is the super, this super fruit has one of the highest percentages of fiber of any whole food and contains zeaxanthin, a carotenoid important to maintaining healthy vision. And very hard to find in your diet, um, but you need it for your eyes. Uh, well, that's another thing when people say is Dingsha a juice, it's actually not a juice. It's the whole um, berry blended. That's why you got to shake it. Yeah. What? Oh, well, that's good then. I guess it's not going out. I'll put a log on when I go down. It's so hard that when I tried to put it on, it's, I couldn't even put the log in. Oh, well, that's good. It may just turn to ashes. Hmm. True. So it's like a Babylonian fire. What does that mean? Just a joke, I guess. Go to the cereal aisle of the grocery store and find all the popular brand name cereals that tout being high in fiber. Look at the ingredients labels and list all the different kinds of sugars and sugar substitutes listed for each cereal. <gasps> Telling you? The thing that goes on the label is just to suck you in. Like we added vitamin D without saying like, there's also poison in it. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, if nobody has any other questions, I will, uh, um, you'll, I'll stop the recording. And uh, if you have the Ningxia question, you'll just have to go dig on that one.